Welcome to the Sinios Health Podcast Maps Edition. I'm Suma Ramadas from Sinios Health, and I lead medical affairs here. In this series, we spoke to industry experts at the Global Annual Maps Meeting in March. Through these conversations, we focused in on the impact and value of medical affairs today, where the industry is heading, and how we are going to get there. It's no question that medical affairs has historically struggled to show value and impact within organizations. In this episode, I speak with two experts on the subject, Arshi Gupta and Deb Crawford. First up is my Sineos Health colleague, Arshi, will bring her unique perspective to a vexing question. How do we measure the immeasurable? Here's what she had to say. I am a managing director within our medical affairs practice, and I focus most of my time on really helping clients deliver the value and impact of medical affairs. Welcome, Arshi. About measuring the immeasurable, I know you've recently helped to partner with one of our pharma customers around how we can do exactly that. So tell me how you were able to help determine what the true value of medical affairs activities were. That's an interesting question. I think this approach can be applied across all pharma clients and everyone's really dealing with this problem. How do you measure the unmeasurable? And when you think about medical affairs, the core remit is really elevating that decision-making for HCPs, decision-making for our patients. You can look at it at an entire ecosystem. How do you elevate the decision-making with the right knowledge? So we have a proprietary model that we've developed where you can really take the quantifiable measures, but also the qualitative metrics. And you're not looking at today right now, but you're really predicting it for the future. We have developed a model which really takes the baseline assessment, which we call knowledge evolution index. And this knowledge evolution index can be parsed out for various stakeholders. You could do it for your KOLs, you could do it for your HCPs, you could do it even at the level of health systems and IDNs. It can be applied across the value chain. And we predict it for the future by taking knowledge-seeking behaviors, by taking personal ways of learning how a disease state or an asset is really perceived today, and then applying these correlation regression analysis to see how that disease state will be perceived in the future, and that future can be defined by us. It can be nine months, it can be 12 months. You really need to think about what key market events are happening and how do we want to track against it. That's really fascinating because you're really starting to put true measurable value against medical affairs. And as we know, medical affairs as an industry has struggled over the several decades to try to show what that value is. A few questions for you on what you said. So you talked about medical affairs stakeholders. Are you able to broaden this to other stakeholders as well? For instance, with payers or with regulatory bodies? Yes. In fact, we've just done something similar for health systems where you're really looking at consolidation today. So health systems are comprising of your IDNs, but it could be a payer at the same time and it could be a hospital So we helped our clients really think about where do you need to go and who do you need to go to? So it could be that this stakeholder is being engaged by cross-functional teams. Now, where does medical really come in? Is it when you move to the left, when the asset is really early in development, or are we really looking at launch timelines? So we helped clients define what the engagement model should look like when medical is preparing for that launch plan 
Inman Medical is really helping commercial elevate where you can't really increase the disease state because you don't have the regulatory label. So commercial is not able to step in. So yes, this short answer is yes. It's complex model, like how medical affairs is complex, but we've done it. That's really novel, Arshi. Thank you for that. A few more questions just to dig in more. You talked about being able to do this nine, 12 months ahead, and I assume that you would continue to do this. But how do you start that baseline? And when do you start that baseline? The baseline should be really started earlier on. If there was an ideal state, we would say, let's start it at phase one, because that's when you want to start doing your market shaping activities. You don't want others to own your narrative. You want to develop that narrative. So phase one is the ideal time. And then based on that baseline, we need to think about the longitudinal analysis, which can be, as I was saying earlier, can be done at nine to 12 months. Now, given you're talking about phase one, the best practice is an annual refresh of this. And when we think about annual refreshes, what it really helps us understand is the true application of this data and analytics output. Some examples that come to mind is you can really think about what your territory management planning should look like. This can also feed into your long-term resource models. And when I talk about resource models, I'm not just talking about people. It's your financial planning so that when you are taking budgets and doing integrated brand plans, you're thinking about it earlier on. And it's not that this is going to cost some amount of money and then the money is not parked for medical activities. This is one team that's really moving the asset from early development through peri-launch launch and then post-launch. This team is very important. So you really want to make sure that resources in terms of capital and people are all aligned. Another example that comes to mind for application is it can really go across all channels of medical. So we're not just talking about boots on the ground, so your field team planning, but it's really talking about what your advisory board strategy should be, what your Congress participation should be, what your publication planning should be, because you are going to take the gaps, what exists in awareness and education levels, and how are you going to change those gaps through medical activities, and how are you going to take each stakeholder group so you can really look at various stakeholders and how are you going to take them on that awareness journey and evolution journey to really make sure that they understand disease state, they understand the mechanism of action, they understand safety, tolerability profiles. So this output can be very, very powerful and help with successful launch planning. That's great, Arshi. That's a very novel approach. You talked about how you can do this nine to 12 months in advance in order to understand what's going to happen in a year. But two questions for you. How can you set that baseline early on so you can measure against it? And more importantly, when would you set that baseline? So in an ideal state, I would say the baseline should be set as early as phase two begins. And the way to really set this up is you can use various methodologies because we really want to see how market shaping activities are progressing over the nine to 12 months. And through this data and analytics approach that we have, you can tweak your strategies, not only strategy, you can tweak the tactics that you need to deploy across the life cycle continuum. And the methodologies include various things. You could do ad boards, you could do qualitative market research activities, you could do surveys. But what is most interesting that we've started to deploy is 
how to really measure the knowledge and confidence level of the stakeholders because that's most important we don't want any biases when we are collecting this data we want to make sure that if knowledge and confidence are correlated that means we are able to really push that stakeholder in their evolution journey if knowledge and confidence are on the opposite spectrum then clearly medical affairs can step in and help not with just one element but both the elements through the tactical planning so tell me a little bit more about the data and analytics knowing that the data has to be applied in a real and tangible way also knowing that we have multiple stakeholders within multiple ecosystems the power of big data has been utilized by other functions for many decades talk about r&d talk about commercial i think this is the time where medical can use big data that is at their disposal where you have the entire ecosystem you know the attitudes you know the beliefs you know the affiliations of these individual stakeholders but where the power of prediction which is utilized by everyone these days you talk about amazon you talk about netflix we utilize similar methodologies where you're utilizing small sample set data but really predicting it for what it'll mean for the entire medical universe and then if you overlay your different archetypes of stakeholders you can take that prediction to the next level where individual stakeholders hot buttons where individual stakeholders preferences of how they like to learn are at your disposal and that's where you can integrate your medical tactical activities with that information at hand and to close us out arshi as a last question if i was a pharma company how would i start and where would i start just maybe touch on can this be applied to all pharma companies as you said at the beginning or is it really for large pharma The beauty of this methodology is that it can be applied to any size of the company where the devil in the detail is you have to right size it for the organization and you have to right size this for the medical function so we are not saying that it's one size fits all but you really look at where the asset is what kind of resources exist so you can plan for today but also plan for the future Arshi has given us some real food for thought Next up, I have Deb Crawford from Teva, who talks about what her team is doing to get beyond the numbers and truly set the function apart. Listen in. I'm Deb Crawford. I'm the Senior Director for Operations and Field Medical at Teva Pharmaceuticals. Welcome, Deb. Thanks. Great to be here. You had a great workshop yesterday on metrics and KPIs and medical affairs and how that's changing and transforming as we go forwards. I think everyone would nod their heads if I say this, but medical affairs has really been struggling with showing value and impact within an organization. Clinical tends to have the number of patients or regulatory approval. Commercial obviously focuses more on sales and getting the therapies to the patients. I'd love to hear your perspective on how metrics, KPIs showing value within medical affairs. How do you think that's changed from let's say the past 5 to 7 years and what we see now? 
Sure. And I think this is an ever evolving conversation for a long time. And I think because it's been driven from maybe the commercial aspect, as you mentioned in its numbers, but numbers really don't tell the story. They're just a number on the page. And I think that's what we've really got to start to own is how do we really provide the context behind what those numbers are? I don't know that we'll ever fully move away from numbers, but then we've got to really hone in and really think about about the qualitative metrics that we can bring forward into this conversation because those are looking at the actions that are being done out there, but more importantly, they're actually demonstrating what's coming back from those actions and what the outcomes are. And I think that's what we really need to start evolving to. And like I said earlier, we're always going to need the numbers, but we really do need the qualitative aspects. We've got to figure out how to marry those together. And then we have to figure out how to own the narrative behind that. And that's what we've really got to start moving forward with. Great answer and lots to dig in there. What do you think the biggest challenge has been for medical affairs organizations to show that impact, as you say? And I completely agree with you on the numbers. A number is just a number unless you give it context. But where do you think the challenge has been for organizations to be able to demonstrate that? I think part of it comes from just not being able to figure out from the start. Let's start at what we need to accomplish and let's have the conversations earlier on of what is going to define success. What will at the end of the day say, we made a difference, we were able to move the needle. And I think if we can get that alignment earlier, as opposed to just maybe throwing a bunch of stuff up against the wall and saying, well, that worked, but that didn't work. And we really have to kind of figure out what we want to measure, why we want to measure it. And then hopefully that will start to show where the impact and the value is. So to dig into that a little bit more as well, you said what we want to measure, how we want to measure it and what the value is. Do you think that's the same or different when you think about different segmentations like big pharma, small pharma, different types of assets, different indications, different therapeutic areas? Yeah, I think it can absolutely be different. And I think that's, again, another challenge. There is no one worksheet that you can hand out to every single pharma company and say, okay, here it is, one through seven, go to it. It's going to be different for everybody, the size of the company, where the asset is in the life cycle. So even within your own company, you can have different measurements that are going to mean different things at different points in time. That really becomes just another complicating layer to it. Right. So that concept of context comes back of how you're moving stakeholder perceptions or how an asset's moving within its life cycle and where it's going, especially as it leads up to launch, right? Medical affairs should be able to change that trajectory, but you have to be able to measure that somehow. Absolutely. So how does an organization even begin to start thinking about going beyond the numbers? As you said, a number is just a number without context at a point in time. How does a medical affairs organization get beyond that? Where do we start? I think that continues to be the big question and the one that we struggled with. And we've certainly seen that in the workshops here. You know, everybody can talk about the numbers and we can even talk a little bit about what it may or may not mean behind the numbers. But where we really have struggled is 
defining those outcomes and the impact. And I think it's because there's so many subjective pieces to it. There's so many unknown things. How do you measure that? You have to start with a baseline. You have to know where your HCP population is starting in their knowledge base. And you have to identify what that gap is and what is the change that you're trying to engender in this group. And then how do you measure that over time? And then I think time is the other really big piece that we, uh, I don't want to say struggle with, but I think we have to recognize and we have to communicate around it better. For example, on the commercial side, they can look at numbers on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. They have that instant feedback. What we're doing on medical, you're building that relationship, you're moving that needle through sharing your expertise in the disease state and the product, and you're gathering that information back from that physician, and you're bringing in those insights, and you're looking at those insights as ways to inform the strategy and, and what you're doing from everything from you know publications to the scientific share of voice that you're looking for out there. And the truth is that takes time. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a month. It could take a year or two years to really see the impact of that. That's a great point. And just to add to that, I think it's important to also note that where medical affairs may start setting that baseline, call it phase two, that's where they begin to start engaging and setting that baseline. Clinical may have already started doing that earlier with other publications, and those interpretation of data needs to be consistent. So it's almost like we have to start even earlier to set that strategic plan and understand what we're trying to measure and how we measure it, because we're engaging with our stakeholders on a daily basis from very early on in a life cycles, in an assets life cycle. Absolutely. And I don't know if you were in it, but there was a, a workshop that spoke to that. And it was really on an integrated medical communications plan. And it really has to start from the earliest phases. And we really have to communicate with each other. And, you know, it's, it's more than just passing each other in the hallway and waving or jumping on a call. We really have to think behind that and figure out how we can partner and collaborate across all pieces of the business. We're almost out of time here, but just want to add one more thing in and pick your brain on this. Medical affairs professionals have never thought about value metrics, numbers, everything that we've been talking about in this way. Do you see a shift in the profile of the type of people that we're bringing in for medical affairs leaders because of all this as well? Wow, that's a question I hadn't even thought about. <laughs> uh, very interesting. I guess I want to say probably Overall, I wouldn't say there's a major shift, but what I do think needs to shift is our openness to clearly communicate, our willingness to communicate early, our willingness to say this may or may not be possible, and our willingness to say, well, we understand this is what's needed. We need probably some brainstorming to figure out how we're going to make that happen. Love that. Thank you so much for the time. This was a great discussion. Thank you so much. So that's all for this episode of the Cineos Health Podcast Maps Edition. I'm your host, Suma Ramadas. Be sure to check out the other episodes in the series, as well as topics across the product development lifecycle. You can do this by subscribing to the Cineos Health Podcast, which can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.